0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio
1: 920.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Annie up. Gotta love that song. Pumped up every time I hear it. I am your host for the day. Not for much longer because Q Myers will be back on Wednesday, later on this week, unless he's having too much fun in the sun, but I am Damon Cotton. Alongside me, Danny Smythe, and behind the wheels of steel, Jared Justice. How we doing today, fellas?
2: I'm doing pretty great. How you guys doing?
0: Man, I'm excited. How was the weekend, man? You know, I'm, I was so excited for today's show.
2: The weekend was a little rough.
0: I spent, oh. I spent. Oh
2: boy! Well, no, no, no. I, <laughs> no, I spent no, no, all day no. Saturday just cleaning out my garage. Forget us anything. That was <laughs> yeah. that was tough. I've never done that before.
0: So, the, what made cleaning out the garage so tough?
2: We had a lot of flies in our garage for some reason. Okay, but we didn't find anything when we cleaned it out. <laughs> but we just had like wall to wall stuff. Like our our path to walk through our garage was literally about a foot and a half to two feet wide. So we had to clear out a bunch of stuff, and now I got, I got enough space to do aerobics in there. I can get my wow, workouts
0: on. This is on. some garage, man.
3: Going to be doing Zumba.
0: Yeah, this is a garage, Jerry. What about you?
3: Uh, I got so my apartment building doesn't allow pets, so I got okay. a plant. His name's Dave. Nice. Uh, he's a snake plant, and uh, so I'm excited about that.
2: What, uh, what is a snake plant? Thank
3: you. It's sort of, I, I mean, like I don't even know what actual like scientific name for it is, but it's just like this. They, they kind of look like celery, except that the leaves are flat and they come to a little pointy tip. Well, I
2: I'll bring he, it
0: in during the next break. That's okay, no, it's no, in my car. <laughs> no, that's okay. I don't think the plant's going to be doing so Wait, well. you it's kept
2: just, Dave in your car? Come on now.
0: He's got – I cracked the window. Yeah, yeah, off to a great start, you know, great start to being a plant parent. Uh, Dave, you're not long for this world. But we do have a great show for you today. Thank you. If you're listening, wherever you are listening, if you want to be a part of the show, you can call in at 702-365-9200, and you can text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Today, coming up on the show at 2.30, we're going to talk to Dave Sherpin a real sharp here in Las Vegas, about everything that's on our mind sports betting-wise. I still want to go a little bit deeper into the Shamsaraniah. Is he moving the lines with his tweets? Let's see what someone like Dave thinks about this that's been in this market for, I want to say, well over 30 years, and I know he'll have an opinion on that. Maybe it'll differ from mine. It, maybe if he had that power in his in his hands, he would wield it as well as as well as well Shams does. 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. want to talk to her because the AFC North, always an exciting division, and the Raiders' backup quarterback, Brian Hoyer. He had his best years of his career. Where? In Cleveland. And I know that Mary Kay will have something to talk about when it comes to Brian Hoyer. Because right now, he's number one. He's QB1 on that depth chart. He's number one, and I know that, Jared, that excites it you. It does excite me. He's smiling. He's giddy that Brian Hoyer could hopefully, hopefully not, hopefully not. No one misconstrue my words there. But he could. Start a couple of games for the Raiders. Who knows when? Maybe to start the season. Maybe end of the season, middle of the season. Who knows? But Brian Hoyer, he could be the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders at some point in this season. So why not learn a little bit more about him? At 3.30, we're going to be talking to Emory Hunt from Football Game Plan, also CBS Sports. And I really want to talk to him about spring football. I mean, the XFL, is it losing money? Is this good? I know they just had a draft. The USFL, their championship weekend is this coming weekend. And also the Canadian Football League, is which Danny is finding out, it's not so easy to predict the winners and losers there.
2: No, uh, it's not. It's yeah. not at all.
0: So Emory's an expert in all of that. I mean, he's one of those guys that's watching football year-round. So when it comes to spring football, he is the man to talk to. And at 4.30, we're going to be talking to David Roth from The Defector. Talk a little baseball. The Defector, it's not so much that they have a, um, a, a cynicism slant on their coverage, but they keep it real and unfiltered. <laughs> When it comes to sports coverage, so I can't wait to talk to David about baseball because baseball is a little—it's baseball is fun this year. I don't know if you guys have been watching it. I'm obviously I'm still not sitting down for like full games, but if I check out a game, I see the highlights on Twitter. I mean, the Angels—what they did the weekend—but to still lose the series, <laughs> outscoring them by about 20 runs, the uh, the Los Angeles Angels in the uh, Colorado Rockies—they were up 25, was it 25 to zero or 23 to zero?
2: 23-0 I think it ended yeah.
0: 25 to 1 or something uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, it was they were up 23 to 0 at one point and you're thinking stop the game now. Yeah, it's over. Hey man, but they still scored that one run.
3: That's all right. I know that we got to get we got to get moving, but it, I got to ask, is that is that the worst thing like yeah, you know what the difference between losing 25 to 0 and 25 to 1, 24 runs <laughs> like
2: Hey, that's what I'm not feeling a
0: lot better about that. That's what you call a participation award. <laughs> mm-hmm. But check this out. They still won the series. I mean, we're, we have got ESPN on the TV right now and they're asking who you liking Tigers or Gators in game 3 tonight for the uh College World Series. And just the other night, Florida, they they put a drumming on LSU. I baseball it's and it's it has nothing to do with the series. You can lose 25 to 1. And still come out and win two to one the next, you know, the next game, and now you still got a series. So baseball, it really is one of those—you never know what you're going to get any given day. I guess it's who's on the mound or if the bats are hot. But I can't wait to talk to David J. Roth about that at 4:30 when he comes on the show from the Defector. With all that being said, let's get into the opening drive.
2: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
0: All right, now I want to talk about Coach Josh McDaniels. I know you heard the interview with JT the Brick. I know, I think he played the interview just in its entirety. Josh McDaniels sat down with Rich Gannon for the 33rd team. And they actually, you know, sent over a nice little DM. Hey, guys, you know, I don't don't know if you've seen it, but we did an interview with Coach Josh McDaniels earlier this morning. And it was, like, great because we all know what we need in these summer months, content. So shout out to Coach McDaniels, Rich Gannon, for getting the interview. Going to play a couple of clips from that. I really like what he had to say. It's one of those things where coaches, how they can win you over outside of playing games because we all know threw out a couple of questions last week. Josh McDaniels, what does he need to do to maybe raise his standing, his rankings when it comes to his standing amongst NFL head coaches? And at the end of the day, it's win. But some people also said, hey, be better at maintaining a lead after halftime, you know, play calling late in games. Those are all the things that he can can get better at. Now, Rich Gannon didn't ask him about those things specifically, but I want to start with something, Jared, it would be number two, on the actual cut sheet, it was the expect the expectations or him talking him talking about the twenty twenty two season.
1: You know, we were excited about the guys we were able to acquire. Um, you know, and and we you know we went in the to the draft. You know, trying to you know acquire as many tough, smart, mature, explosive players that we could. And those are the words we kept using over and again. And that's the kind of football team we want to build. And so. Um, I think we were able to draft seven captains out of the nine players. So we wanted to add some guys that, that had some leadership qualities to them that um, that work the way that we want to work. That can fit into our culture and, and about our day to day process here. Uh, we thought we did that. Um, we got some guys that really can learn quickly. Uh, we know how important that is to uh, allowing rookies to play early. I mean, it's it's hard if you you know if everything. T-
0: that was him about the 2023 in draft class that the Raiders had. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But this is the question that Rich Gannon asked him about reflecting on the 2022 season.
1: You know, you're right. I thought we, you know, there were there were really good stretches where we ran the ball very well. Obviously, Josh had a great year. I thought our offensive line improved as the season wore on. Um, you know, we, we we turned the ball over too much. and. Um, you know, anytime you lose the turnover margin as many times as we did during the course of the season, um, you know, it's just hard to overcome that, you know, too many times and, and end up winning, you know, more of those games than you lose. So, um, you know, protecting a football has obviously got to be paramount for us as we go into this season. Um, you know, it's something that we've preached from the moment we got here and we're going to need to continue to improve on it. Um, we weren't great in the red area. Uh, and a, again, another huge part of winning and losing in our game is scoring. You know, obviously if you, if you don't have more points than the opponent, you're not going to win. So, you know, being able to improve in that area, being able to protect the football better offensively, and then try to try to be more consistent, you know, from week to week, there was games where we, you know, put up 450 plus yards and we're really executing at a high level. And then there's other games where we struggled. And so, Um, Our overall ability to do those things obviously will be important for us in terms of our overall improvement.
0: All right, the overall improvement of the team. So, Raider Nation, my question to you is, what do you expect to be the biggest improvement of this this team going into the 2023 season? Not what you hope to be because we could all hope that, hey, this defense is going to be a top 10, a top 15, you know, a top-of-the-line defense in the NFL. But what do you expect this team to be the most improved at, coming into this season. For me, I think it's got to be, and I know this may shock a little, people, and it's the big if If Jimmy G's healthy. I think the passing game is going to be even better than it was last season. Still, you have Devontae Adams, another year under Josh McDaniel's system. Hunter Renfro. I think that Hunter Renfro is really good. I know that he was injured a lot last season, and, hey, you can't help that you get injured. But I do think that with a year in McDaniel's system and Jacoby Myers also helping him out as well, I do think that this offense, this passing game, I expect it to be even better than it was last season. So that's just me. So that's the question for you, Raider Nation. If you want to call in and give us your thoughts at 702-365-9200 or text us at 69187, keyword R&R on the DontBeBroke.com text line, let me know what you expect to be the biggest improvement for the Raiders in the 2023 NFL season. Now something Josh McDaniels was asked about the defense and the additions that they made on the defense. This was the first thing that Rich Gannon asked them straight right out of the gate. It was about the defense. Jared, you got that ready?
1: Yeah, I think you know, when, when you talk about you know the teams that are playing the best, you know, the best football on the defensive side, this you know, in our league now, it's guys that can create long yarded situations, negative plays with the front. Um, you know, and get their hands on the ball in the passing game or, or sack the quarterback. And so, you know, we knew, you know, we have a, we have a great player in Max Crosby. Uh, we have some other guys, you know, that did some things last year for us, but we wanted to try to add to our group in, uh, in ways where we felt like we could be more explosive, um, you know, create uh, negative situations uh, with the front and try to create more turnovers and takeaway opportunities by getting our hands on the ball. And so that was really a, a focus for us as we went into the offseason. Um, you know, we, we had a, a kind of a, two, uh, uh, a two-tiered philosophy in that regard in terms of developing the guys that were here uh, that we want to, you know, try to improve and, and, and help them be better players and help them uh, do some of those things themselves. And then also try to, you know, see if we couldn't, you know, through free agency and or the draft, uh, acquire a few guys that, you know, could potentially uh, do some of those things as well. So, um, you know, we've we've tried to do that. I thought we added a few pieces in free agency um, down the middle of our defense with Marcus Epps, Belane, the linebacker from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we added Faceon, who was here before, uh, you know, and we're able to bring back Jerry Tillery, Adam Butler in free agency up front. Um, you know, so there's some guys there that hopefully can – can improve, uh, you know, those portions of our game. And then we're fortunate to have an opportunity in the draft uh, to get, you know, uh, to get a few guys that we feel like eventually will be able to help us in those areas.
0: He mentioned all of those people that they brought back on the defense, the people that they brought in, but that raises the question, is it enough? Because to me, he said the names. And the names, like some, some of the guys they were bringing back, Jerry Tillery, he was good in the spurts that he had last season. But I think that the defining moment for me with Jerry Tillery is going to be that Thursday night football game with the Rams, knocking the ball out of Mayfield's hand and then, you know, getting that 15-yard penalty. So some of those names that he mentioned, Spillane, got him in free agency, going to see what he's like as the linebacker in the middle, a solid middle linebacker or a throwback middle linebacker but is the linebacker position is it going to be as good as it was last year without Denzel Perryman we're going to have to see divine diablo i believe in him a lot he's bulked up he looks bigger but is he going to be better he's a tackling machine but sometimes those tackles when you look at him on the box chart they don't they don't tell they don't tell the full story so i really want to see how improved this defense is going to be because some of the names that he mentioned really not so much that they're just not household names really still just not doing enough For me, we do have a text that I want to get to because, shocker, it's from Q. Hey, guys, I don't miss you at all. Loving life here in Hawaii. I just wanted to rub it in. Sincerely, Q. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Gotta love (laughs) Sir Whiskey Ray because at first I looked at it and I said, oh, Q's texting into the show? Haven't heard from him in about a week. But no, Sir Whiskey Ray, who's always living it up and gallivanting around the world. I wish I had friends like Sir Whiskey Ray because every week it seems like he's at a different party. But guys, your thoughts on what Coach Josh McDaniels had to say in the first two clips that we played?
3: I mean, I'm excited about um, I'm excited about this passing game, sort of in the same way that you are. And I think the biggest difference is, and I think this is something that Josh McDaniels has been really, really succinct about, is it's n- cleaning up mistakes like. Clearing up mistakes, and that's what I think—I think that's going to be the key difference between last season and this season. And then going into the defense, I think you're right in that a lot of the players that he mentioned aren't necessarily like—they're not going to be big, you know, like, oh, wow, we got this guy. But it's it's good to have depth. It's good to—especially on the defensive line, to have the ability to rotate. The ability to, like, have guys sit there and go, okay, I all I need to do is go 100% for, like, two snaps, and then I'm going to get a breather. So that way you're not dealing with a, you know, I've been out here for 90 yards just getting pounded over and over again. And so I think that's a really, really important thing that he mentioned as far as, like, having the depth in order to actually be able to have a defensive line rotation.
2: And along those lines with the defensive line depth – And also what he mentioned was explosive plays, and that's why you bring in someone like Tyree Wilson, and he can work with Crosby and with Jones and build up those explosive plays, get to the quarterback. They're going to need that in order to be successful this year. And, you, your question a couple minutes ago was, what do you expect? Not what you hope, but what Mm -hmm. do you expect? And if the Raiders want to be successful this year... I expect their red zone offense to improve a lot. Ooh, that's a good one. Because last year, looking at these stats, they were bottom 6-7 team in the league, and they were scoring touchdowns at about 50, just under 50% rate. That is absolutely terrible if you want to be successful and get to the playoffs and make a push. You need to be up around 60s, low 60s to mid-60s to make statements and get
0: wins. Danny, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something that Coach Josh McDaniels, that he's talked about, you know, with the addition of bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in to be the starting quarterback for this team, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is good in the red zone. I know we can all say, hey, but it was he a product of the Shanahan system, the weapons that he had around him? Bottom line, Jimmy Garoppolo was better in the red zone than Derek Carr. So for, for people initially where they were saying, what is he doing better than Derek Carr? Why would you make that move? One thing that we can all point out is that the Raiders were bad in the red zone this past season, and that is something that Jimmy G does better than Derek Carr. I'm not saying that it's going to necessarily translate to wins, but right now, when you just look at the stats, Danny just gave off off a couple of numbers. He is better in the red zone. And something else that I want to get to the next clip is Josh McDaniels talking about the QB room.
1: Yep. Um... You know, it's you're right about that. Um, You know, it it doesn't mean you can't get comfortable with other players. And um, certainly, uh, I've had an opportunity to work with a number of different guys. And this will be uh, the fifth year in a row that I've uh, probably entered the season with a new starting quarterback. And so, for me, this stretch has been a little different, a little unique. I had a long stretch there where it was really. Mostly one guy, um, you know, and and we know who pretty, that pretty was. unique guy, coach. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. Uh, <laughs> Makes you your know. job a little bit easier. Probably more difficult <laughs> to prepare when you got a guy like Brady. Because yeah,
0: it's a little bit different when you've got a guy like Brady. But like he said, all the different seasons of trying to get a new quarterback learn that system because that is some of the, that is one thing that his detractors have said about Josh McDaniels or Part of the reason I don't think, this is the detractor speaking, not my words, not DeMond's words, but the people who have the knocks against Josh McDaniels, they say, I don't think he's going to be able to adapt with his system, that he thinks that his plays are the best plays, his way or the highway. And my pushback with that would be, look at all the quarterbacks that he's had to adapt to. I know he had the long stretch of Brady, but this is a guy who had Cam Newton to Mac Jones, to Derek Carr, now to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he may think that, hey, run my play the exact way that it's drawn up, and it's going to be a successful play. But you can't tell me that he doesn't have the diversity to say, I can adapt to what my starting quarterback needs are. And I think I do think that that's going to be not so much an improvement, but that's going to help the team out a little bit better this year.
3: And I think you can go even further if you extrapolate from where the quarterbacks are in his system. He also, every single time if you look at New England, every time they had a like unique weapon, they figured out a way to use it, whether it was... The two tight end sets whenever they had Gronk and the other gentleman that I'm not going to speak about or whether they had just tiny slot receivers. Okay, we're going to do quick passes when they had Randy Moss. okay, we're going to open up the field every single time he has a unique weapon. He he puts it in his playbook. That's why we like Devontae Adams was streaking down the field because when you have Devontae Adams, you
0: put him down the field. Yeah, and that's why he was also, you know, another all-pro because when you have Devontae Adams, you just give him the ball whichever way you can. Exactly. And so it's not run the play
3: my way. It's, hey, I bet this guy can do this.
0: Yeah, so with Devontae Adams, yes, we know that he's going to give him the ball. Hunter Renfro, I want to see how he's going to be more involved with this team. And if you want to give us your thoughts, again, you can call in 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com text line six nine one eight seven Keyword R&R, because I want to know, what do you expect to be the biggest improvement of this Las Vegas Raiders team going into the 2023 season? I know that I've given out mine, Jared's given out his, Danny's given out his, but I also want to know yours. Jared, let's go to the next soundbite on the clip here, on the cut here, sorry, excuse me. Coaching different type of players
1: it does. And, and I think, look, that's part of the process as part of our job. And, um, the one thing I would, you know, say about this group this year is, um, uh, very excited, uh, for those guys to work together. Um, I think we've got a really good group. Uh, the young guy has already, you know, been able to reap the benefit of, of learning from Brian and Jimmy in the meeting room and understanding how to operate certain things within the offense. And, Ultimately, we want guys that, you know, um, you know, they're going to work hard, going to try to take care of the football, going to be good leaders. Um, You can't really play this position in the National Football League if you're not. And then we got to be able to be productive. You know, we got to get our team in the end zone. And so, um, you know, our our quarterbacks will ultimately be judged just like the head coach will be. You know, how many games do we win or lose? And so, um, you know, like Jim, really like Jimmy Garoppolo, I've, I've obviously been fond of him since the moment we drafted him in New England. Um, He's got a lot of uh, strengths uh, that have obviously been on display in San Francisco for the last so many years. Um, He's won a lot of games and, you know, he's played at a high level and taking his team, you know, to to important games late in the year. So um, looking forward to working with all those guys, Um, really feel uh, good about what we tried to accomplish in the spring. We're able to do and uh, looking forward to training camp.
0: Yeah, that was a continuation of, you know, what his thoughts on the quarterback room there. The young guy being Aiden O'Connell, the rookie quarterback out of Purdue. I really want to see what this room is looking like because now Aiden O'Connell, he's getting able to learn from Brian Hoyer, from Jimmy G, just in the classroom sense of it. But is it going to translate to the field and training camp? That's going to be the day that we're all looking for when it comes to Raider Nation. Is Jimmy G going to be out there the first day of training camp because we know josh mcdaniels clearly believes in the talent believes in everything that he has to provide on the field but is he going to be able to do it with that foot injury that has so many members of raider nation worried we still got a couple more clips that we'll get to in the excuse me in the third hour of the show start kicking off the third hour we'll come back to the josh mcdaniels clips but if you have any thoughts that you want to share for the show remember you can call us at 702-365-9200 and you can text us at 69187 on the don'tbebroke.com text line but next up we're going to be talking to dave Sherpin here on unnecessary roughness on radio nation radio 920
2: that was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 a.m brought to you by paul Law. it's not about the injury it's about the recovery
0: now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Please introduce our next guest. You can follow him at on Twitter at Sportsbook Consigliary. That's Sports, B-K-C-O-N-S-I-G. And that's Dave Sharapin, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, man. What's happening? Great to hear from you. Uh, A lot of things happening in Vegas. I'm excited to be here and talk to you. Yeah, you know what? It's it's always interesting to talk about sports gambling, us being the home here in Vegas. But something that I did want to ask you about, someone who has been in the market for a very long time, what are your thoughts on Shamsarania and now the the little bit of pushback that people are giving him because, hey, I place bets off of your information and I don't like it because you happen to be a fan FanDuel partner.
4: It's crazy because I uh, I got called. I was I just tweeted it today, uh, this morning. Uh, the story appeared in the Washington Post. They had a reporter call and ask me the same question. And my answer to him was the same as I'll, I'll say to you. Like, the source of information is very important in making wagers and, you know, I can tell you this, the books don't move numbers based on, you know, stories and information and things like that. You usually just take bets. It's a unique thing um, with what's happening with the drafts and guys with big followings, you know, putting out information when, I've said this for years. It's kind of um, it's too convoluted. The, The the space between reporters and now reporters that are you know endorsed by books or compensated by books, leagues are official betting partners with teams. There's books in stadiums in the United States where. Before five years ago, when Passport passed, in Las Vegas, in books, we weren't even allowed to put the word Super Bowl on the sheets. So everything's happening really fast. I, I think a lot of things are going to be eventually worked out. But, man, it's a, it's a weird line. It, I don't know where it's drawn. There are no lines anymore. That's what I told the, the reporter in the Washington Post. I said, There were times in the book where I didn't want to ever book the draft, both the NFL draft, the NBA draft, and I stand by it. There are things
0: that we don't need to put lines on, and the draft is one of them. Yeah, that's curious to me, too, because with sports betting becoming legal and across more and more states here in the U.S., do you think that the consumer now feels that they have an obligation to be, let's say, protected – from themselves, where back when it was just, hey, maybe you go to Vegas or you're just meeting somebody that you know in the neighborhood and you're just giving them $20, that people said, hey, I knew my risk going into it. But now that it's more widespread and you have more novice, you know, putting their hat in the ring, that they expect it. to, hey, you protect me from the meat that I eat. Why isn't anybody protecting me from myself when it comes to gambling? It's a good point. Um, nobody forces anybody to make a bet. And you always have to
4: keep that in mind. You still have control whether you hit submit on your app or you walk up to a counter in a physical retail location and willingly hand someone money to make a wager. Um, It's a good lesson in life. You really have to be conscious of all of your decisions at all times. I think um, there might come a point where, yeah, there's going to have to be something done like that because everybody's in bed with everybody. And it's just a bad look, I think, in certain situations. So, yeah, I mean, there's consumer protections for a lot of things. Maybe at some point, maybe sooner than anybody really wants to think, maybe there will be one for sports gambling. But, again, you make a wager, you live with the result. The books have to do it. The better has to do it. It's it's I think it's buyer beware at all times and same with the books like the books get the bad information sometimes too or the books don't know about the information until they already take the bets
0: information is key in life let alone in a sports book it's it's a microcosm for all of it again we're talking to Dave Sherpin here on unnecessary reference you can follow him at sportsbook consigliere and. His shows you can follow him. You can listen to him at Oncast Considerations and Bostonian versus the Book. Our guy Degenerate Danny's got a couple of questions for you.
2: Hey Dave, yeah, um, what would you say to those bettors who are calling out Sham Sharanya, saying, "Oh, well, you have insider information, and I bet using your the information that you were putting out there." What would you say to them?
4: Well, I would just say you have to. I mean, people have been griping about bets and information from people. And, I mean, there's a lot of shows. There's a lot of people talking about this stuff. And sometimes you have to just really find those trusted sources and still question whether you should be making wagers on it. I, I circle back to this, and I still – I said it for years – I mean, I sat in risk rooms and we booked the NFL draft. I did one or two years of the NBA draft. that didn't like it at all. You don't need to put up lines on all the things like this. So I think where it's an information war, which is what the draft betting is, the best information usually wins, but not all the time. You have to always know that, that like, before you actually push, submit, or, or make that wager, you have to know the risks. I mean, that goes for everything. The difference with the draft is that it's the, the, somebody might know. There's a game that can happen that can that the underdog can, can win, or the favorite is overwhelmingly the favorite and wins by, like LSU did to Florida yesterday, lose by 20 runs. I mean, it can happen. The draft is different. I think I would warn people rather than going after chance, maybe you know what's that saying that the kids say don't hate the play, I hate the game
2: <laughs> I think
4: you gotta you got you gotta be cautious of of like maybe holding back and going man i don't I don't want to blame him I, I I gotta blame myself for making the wager, and I won't do it next time, and then the books maybe won't offer it and we'll get to that protection thing where it's like, you know what? We don't need odds on the draft. We don't need odds on slam ball, pickleballs coming. All of these crazy things. Maybe just go out and enjoy the sunshine and, and take a day off.
2: But something that you mentioned that would uh, that would involve betters taking responsibility for their own bet, and not betting or not blaming you know <laughs> yeah. players or teams <laughs> or anything else for making their bet lose.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never going to have going on since the beginning of time. I don't know if we could maybe we need a, a, a protection group to do that. Maybe we could have a better um, you know responsibility group where, look, hey, I bet the under in the College World Series yesterday, and it was twenty four to four. That's on me. <laughs> and where people can come, I said it all the time when I was working at the counter here in Vegas. Sometimes it was like a confessional where people would come in and say, well, I made a really bad bet yesterday. You never hear about those <laughs> bad bets on social media or on shows and stuff. A lot of people like to take victory laps. I think maybe, yeah, better having responsibility for themselves. That might be a new thing. But hey, that might be the next evolution of, of sports betting content.
3: So I actually, now that you mentioned the College World Series, I, I've actually been curious watching this whole thing because the scores have kind of been all over the place. How hard is it to actually like set a line or set a number for those when you know you randomly are like okay, this one was a basketball score?
4: <laughs> so it's it's one of the tougher things I think um, that I've ever done, and I, I I have a couple trusted sources that I kind of like to look at and. Listen, once you get to Omaha, it's so much harder. I mean, we had, we had uh, Matt Lindemann on today. He, he's you know, the head guy at Ozmaker at Winbet. and He talked about it like the home field advantage in the regionals and the super regionals, you have a much better feel. But once you get to Omaha and these guys have to play multiple games back-to-back-to-back to back to back once you get to the loser's bracket, pitching staffs get kind of blown out. There's a pitch count limit and all this other stuff. It's really hard. But this College World Series has been great. Um, The the engagement with people, fans. Don't get me wrong. It's fun having SEC schools in it because, you know, just ask the SEC people. It always means more (laughs) when SEC is involved, especially in football. But this has been great for the game, for Omaha, for the College World Series. It's tough for oddsmakers. But we got down to a game three. That's all you could ask. There's been huge steam today on LSU. I mean, an opening number of minus 130 to 135, I just clicked refresh uh, before we started. It's it's up as high as 145, 150 now. It got up to 160 an hour ago while we were doing our show. So it's coming back. Um, the total is the interesting th- thing to me. The games have been going under uh, pretty much almost all of them in Omaha, except yesterday's football score. Um well, it would be a Canadian football score with a rouge, a field goal and a rouge to get to four. But I like the under tonight, boys. I, I, I was looking at it, and um, I, I, hope it's, I hope it lives up to the billing because with a short card of baseball and nothing else going on, us over the hangover of the of the uh, Stanley Cup parade and everything here, this is what I'm focused on tonight. I can't wait to watch the ballgame.
2: We're talking to Dave Sherpin of Cash Consideration Show and Bostonian versus the Book here on Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, One more question along the lines of being able to set those lines for games, but shifting away from College World Series and into um, over this weekend, we saw international baseball games. Uh, There was a two-game series between, I believe it was the Cubs and the Cardinals over in England. Mm How would they go about setting those lines for a game like that, where they're not playing even remotely close to home, they're playing across an entire ocean?
4: So the only basis of knowledge that we have is from before COVID, when the Red Sox and Yankees went over there and played, and the games flew over. I mean, they had 30 runs scored, I think, in a game. Somebody got in the 20s. It was incredible. So now – You inflate the total, you still base the number on the starting pitching matchup, but the Cubs are going good, the Cardinals are going bad. So Saturday you saw the Cubs end up being the favorite with Stroman. He pitched as advertised and they win. The game goes way under the total. Okay. So now you adjust the total and it comes back a different number, but the Cubs are favored and the Cardinals win. So you kind of have to look at the dimensions. You, you try to check the wind, and then you just put up a number and let the market tell you where to go. It's, it's, it's a lot more guesswork than it is the regular routine of baseball and putting numbers up. I think it's fun, though. I mean, like, I give Major League Baseball credit. They made some changes with this pitch clock. Numbers are up. People are going to games. They're getting in and out in less than three hours on the regular basis. Expanding it to international markets is like what the NFL is trying to do with all these international games. It's messed up for us in Vegas. A baseball game started at 7 a.m. yesterday. It was a little bit early if you wanted to get up and watch it. It was a little bit early, boys.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we are going to have someone on later in the show to talk about baseball. And I'm thinking that baseball is back. You know, this has been a fun summer. I know it just started, but, you know, a fun spring of baseball. But do you think that that's led to more action being placed on baseball games?
4: Oh, I think so. I'm on the MLB network. I work for them as well. So I do one or two shows a week with them. Um, and we talk about it all the time. I'm a baseball guy. I mean, we're, we're a baseball softball family. I've got three daughters, and I've been coaching them for almost 10 years now and coaching girls in town and absolutely love the game. I love the fact that baseball is getting a little more action, a little more buzz, um, a lot of people aren't happy with betting totals and the extra inning rule. I personally love it because it ends the game sooner, and that's what baseball wanted to accomplish. And now with Vegas, maybe getting the A's, maybe not. Um, the fact that we even remotely have a chance of getting a team is kind of cool. As far as action, listen, a lot of people take off right now. The Stanley Cup is done. The NBA is done. People are starting to look at season win totals and college football and NFL, and that's all coming. And we're hosting the Super Bowl here in February. I can't believe it. I'm beyond excited to do it. But right now, summertime is all about the baseball. And there's teams and divisions that are completely up for grabs. There's teams in spots that they haven't been in in a long, long time. Baltimore Orioles, good baseball team. Texas Rangers, good baseball team. It's fun. And I think for bettors, it makes it tough. There's a lot of people that have been getting pretty beat up with baseball betting. It's a little bit harder, but I love it. And I love the fact that books have taken it in other states and created all these micro markets and all these things because baseball betting, is a lot of times, it sticks true to the numbers. And if you can find soft spots, books are putting up a lot of numbers that I think can be exploited.
2: And one last thing for me, Dave. Uh, I did see that you and your co-host, Matt Peralt, from Bostonian versus the Book, you guys started a proxy service. Could you just go ahead and explain what that is and why you guys decided to start one for football season?
4: Yeah, so, I mean, we, we were approached by a, a, a few different proxy services in town, and they, and they do a great job. Basically, you know, the the, the Circa Millions Contest, and a Survivor Contest there, and then the Westgate Super Contest. They do a great job of basically providing contests that you've done in other states and other places. You can do it in a big pool here. The only catch is you have to live here to put the picks in. So that's what a proxy service is. So we kind of partnered up with someone and said, yeah, we'll, we'll provide you know help in signing people up and getting their picks in. And it's a great way to get involved in something that you maybe couldn't do before, or you always thought about doing before you come in, we meet you at the location, we get you signed up, and then make sure your picks are submitted every ideally Friday night by midnight Pacific, which gives you that time, or even uh, Saturday morning is the, is the last official deadline by Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 p 9 a.m. Pacific. And you're in the contest. So we just decided to, you know, help, Grow the contest. I've been here 20 years. I love Las Vegas. I love a lot of things about it. And this is one of the things I've participated in the contest for years with partners, with friends. The conversations back and forth is a lot of fun. And you get a shot at getting hot and picking up a big check. And I would love nothing more to have someone sign up and get hot and do that and, you know, go down and take the picture with them as they pick up the big check and then get the cash later. The contests are fun. It's a great way to experience football season. And when you weigh out the cost of the contest, which the entry fees are $1,000 and the cost of the proxy, it comes to about 70 bucks a week for football season. That doesn't seem like a lot of investment for a big shot at, at, you know, changing your life with life-changing money.
0: All right, Dave, before we let you go, what else do you have going on?
4: Well, today I'm uh, I'm going to appear on – every day I appear on Sports Grid TV and Sirius XM Radio 159 from 4 to 7 Pacific. I do a show called In Game Live where we look at live numbers while games are going on. It's a light card tonight, but we'll be talking about that. And then every day, Monday through Friday, Matt and I do the show called Bostonian versus the Book where, you know, we have guests on from all over the country. Today, again, we had a guy on, Matt Lindeman from Winbet and John KK from Philadelphia talked about sports – We talk about life. We talk about being dads, raising daughters in Vegas. He's a girl dad. I'm a girl dad. A lot of different things in between. but it's on every day around 11 o'clock in the morning Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. It's on the YouTube channel, at Boston Versus the Book. And I appreciate you guys having me on today and, and, and letting me talk about all this stuff.
0: Thank you for coming on with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dave. Dave Sherpin joining us here Enjoy on
4: the game, boys. Go LSU.
0: All right. <laughs> now we know who to put some money on if you want to talk that college <laughs> world series. LSU. Those Bayou Bengals. Yeah, but I mean, and they're still winning the Jello Shot Wars, too. So I mean Absolutely <laughs> they are. <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna wrap up the first hour here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. It's a hot one in Vegas, and it's an even hotter one in the studio. Because we're bringing the heat, but no literally. It's hot inside the studio today, as we were talking about right before we came back from break. Let's go out to the text line at 69187, keyword r This is also from Sir Whiskey Ray. Damon and gentlemen, happy Monday, liking today's topic I'm going to have to say that this year, I believe Coach McDaniels is our biggest improvement. Another year under Coach McDaniels' belt, I feel he'll be able to open up the playbook even more for our offense, especially with Jimmy G as our QB. I know it's only late June, but I'm excited for the upcoming season. Thanks, guys, as always. Good job holding down the fort. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Shout out to you, Sir Whiskey Ray, for being a part of the show. And You can call into the show at 702-365-9200. But I like that, you know, what do you expect to be the biggest improvement for to, for excuse me, for the Raiders this season? Coach McDaniels himself being the biggest improvement now that he has another year under his belt. I like that answer because we know that this offense is it's expansive. This playbook As Devontae Adams said, it's like learning another language. So if you can have that with most of the same players returning so everyone could be even more acclimated, even more comfortable with that system, maybe he does have the biggest room for improvement with this team. I do like that as
2: well. However, my only pushback on that is even though it's his second year, he now has a new quarterback under center. That's the only pushback. Had he been in his second year with Derek Carr, I think there would be a lot. Of improvement this year so and we also don't even know if Jimmy G will be under center so there's a lot still unknown but McDaniels being in this team for the second straight year that does help a lot
0: to help us with some of that unknown when we come back to kick off the three o'clock hour is going to be Mary Kay Cabot from cleveland.com as we're going to be talking a little Brian Hoyer when we come back on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.